0: Hello, hello, yo, 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 what's poppin'? Another episode, um, recording this, like, super late at night, it's past midnight, it's the 27th of September, but this episode is gonna be up, I think, the first, um, the first full week of October, yes, so that's cool um i wanted to real quick before we get we get into the topic that i really want to cover in this episode i wanted to get into like my music real quick just because i feel like i haven't talked about it in like a hot minute and also i just wanted to kind of update everyone on how it's you know where it's going from here once i finish writing my song but um I I decided after um listening to Machine Gun Kelly's new album Tickets to My Downfall and other, you know, just listening to some like older music from in like the pop punk genre that my music is most likely going to end up falling in that category. It's most likely going to be like pop punk music. It's just because it's like it's fun music to listen to and it, you know, it can, a lot of it can be used really for any situation. I mean, just earlier, I was like, bro, I was fucking bumping some early 2000s pop punk and like emo songs. Just, I was, bro, I was jamming the fuck out. Like, it was so, it really is like so much fun. I, because I, I made a playlist in my, uh, in my phone to just fucking crush it too if um if anyone wants to replicate the playlist because it's not like too too big but I was just like you know something that'll like get me through a little bit of the night because it's just fun so the songs that I have on mine are Mr. Brightside by The Killers Check Yes Juliet by We The Kings The Middle by Jimmy Eat World Stacy's Mom by Fountains of Wayne Kryptonite by Three Doors Down, Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance, Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card, Gives You Hell by All American Rejects, 1985 by Bowling for Soup, Thanks for the Memories by Fall Out Boy, I'm Just a Kid by Simple Plan, In Too Deep by Some 41, Dirty Little Secret by All American Rejects, Famous Last Words by My Chemical Romance, Everything You Want by Vertical Horizon, My Own Worst Enemy by Lit, The Anthem by Good Charlotte, Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne. That's What You Get by Paramore. Jumper by Third Eye Blind. Dear Maria, Count Me In by All Time Low. The Great Escape by Boys Like Girls. Semi-Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind. All The Small Things by Blink-182. Chelsea Daggers by The Fratellis. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous by Good Charlotte. And Hemorrhage In My Hands by Fuel. So it's 27 songs. It's about an hour and a half long. So, you know, if you want to fucking... Rock out to some early 2000s pop punk. Those are. There's some good songs to start out with, in my opinion. But, um. Anyway. Yeah, that's just. It's most likely where my music's gonna go in that realm of, you know. But anyway. On to the topic of. This episode. I wanna talk about Travis Scott and i think i have touched on travis scott a little bit before maybe but um like a few hours ago i finally listened to all of astro world and then i just finished watching travis scott's um netflix documentary look mom i can fly it like it's it's just it 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 really is like a good documentary like showing like the making of the album and everything that followed and just like just a quick rundown because it's not just that like there's a lot of other stuff included in that documentary there's you know stuff from Travis's like early years as an artist stuff from you know like childhood videos and photos from when he was a kid um and just kind, of, it just kind of sums up, you know, why he made Astroworld and all the hard work he put into it. Because he literally, like, he was literally working down to, the, like, the very last day of the album. Like, um, Drake's feature on Sicko Mode was, like, one of the last things that they added to the album before like they like they officially put it out it was like less than 48 hours until the album was supposed to come out and they and just then uh Drake's feature came in they threw it together finished mixing and mastering everything and then put it out and we had it on I believe the release date was November 18th 2018 but um it it really like it really World is a really good album and it's really fun to listen to it's definitely one of the most experimental rap albums i've ever heard and like that's like like i listen i'm not like the biggest rap fan really the only like besides travis scott the only artist i listen to like hardcore when it comes to rap is Logic so I don't delve too much into that but it's like it's a fun album it's an album you can listen to just you know with pretty much anything like the best way I can describe it is not only can you listen to the album during just like a calm late night drive but you can also listen to it on a late night drive where you're just like you're having fun you're turning up maybe you're with friends like it's an album meant to be played with like you know your speakers turned all the way up at, you know, like high energy and just having fun with it the production on it is amazing like it's seriously some of the best production I've ever heard on an album and like the features are so perfectly like selected and you know put into each song like the best um the best song that I feel like you can really use off the album to like demonstrate how well everything goes together is Skeletons which has features from Kid Cuddy and Stevie Wonder who plays the harmonica towards the end of the song and then it has production from Tame Impala which I mean like would do you like did anyone ever think that they would hear something like that like those names all put together Travis Scott Tame Impala and Stevie Wonder and then like songs like Stop Trying to Be God like um James May that's, wait, John Mayer, that's it, John Mayer helped write that song, it's like, how, like, how do you get so many, like, huge names on one album, like, it's honestly insane, and it's definitely, like, it's definitely Travis's best album, I know some people have, like, some people, like, kind of argue, like, between World and Rodeo, his debut album, but I think for sure it's Astro World. And it's not by a long shot, but it's definitely like there's definitely a jump in production and, you know, rhyming and rapping from Rodeo to Astro World. Because like um Rodeo was that de- you could definitely tell like How much production went into that album especially with it with like a lot of help in the album coming from like Kanye West who has been in the game for like over 20 years at this point probably I'm not sure exactly but like some like such a hip-hop veteran like Kanye helping with Travis's like debut album is insane and it's like the mixtape he put out before rodeo came out days before rodeo is just as good like that really is like another example of how well even early on he could you know prove himself to the rap game and kind of show where he belongs and that he deserves like a a spot in like rap history but like the the documentary really showed a lot about Travis like I'd seen it before but I didn't have any of the context of like hit all of his music like now uh, the only thing I haven't listened to from his, his discography is his first mixtape Owl Pharaoh but I've listened now to everything from Days Before Rodeo up to astroworld and now with the context of all of that and then re-watching the documentary when it comes to the music part of the documentary like the focus of like the production and the creation of astroworld and everything revolving around that it really is a lot more like impactful when you see all the work put into it and you see just how much and how much time went into it and then, you know, with also hearing the final product. And I think it was really cool for Netflix to like do to like do um, a documentary about it because with how much attention the album got, you know, even before its release with Travis like literally stating that he would be making Astroworld before his second album, Birds in the Trap, Sing McKnight, even came out that's like really impressive but outside of the music stuff and when i when i talk about music i'm talking about like the work put into the album like everything surrounding the the astral world album itself it, the 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 documentary also shows kind of travis's life throughout that time period so like him starting his relationship with kylie jenner them having their daughter you get to see you know his relationship with his team with other artists with his family and most importantly I think the one thing that's highlighted like truly the most throughout the entire thing is his relationship with his fans which Travis has got to be one of the best artists when it comes to like interacting with and showing love back to his fans with all the love they show him because like whether it's through social media or through events and shows no matter what he you know shows love and just always appreciates the like the hype that his fans give him and how much they like really love him as an artist Because there's people that like they catch on camera in the documentary who are like Travis Scott saved my life when I was younger you know when I was in high school I was like depressed as fuck but listening to Travis Scott's music saved my life like that's like seeing that that's an important thing that that's like a very endearing thing to artists knowing that their music helped people get out of a dark place and you know is the reason that they're alive and i think his shows like his like live performances really show his endearing and like caring side towards his fans because i believe it's it's one of his fir- i i think it's his release performance for Astro World and it's like a little after the halfway point of the documentary when they show this that um I I don't know the full context but I'm guessing they you know started playing the album and they I'm guessing they didn't get quite, like too far into it they were probably only a little bit through the first track stargazing and two fans in the you know in the audience like Completely passed out and were like just way beyond the point of just like being able to wake up and keep them going. So, like, Travis stopped the whole show. He got, you know, all the fans to carry them up towards the front so that paramedics could come in and wheel them off on stretchers. Like, he cares about his fans. He, you know, if he sees people who are like injured or like not. Like, there's something up with them. Like, he will personally go out of his way to stop and, like, make sure they're all right and make sure they get help if they need it. And also, like, I respect the fact that he doesn't let, like, security kick his fans out of shows. Because Travis Scott live shows, you're meant to just, like, have fun. Like, everyone there, like, it's just one big family at his shows. Like, as soon as you, like, step into wherever that show is, whenever you... Like, once you get into the crowd, you you understand that everyone around you is trying to make sure that you're okay. Like, no one's there to start shit with anyone. Everyone there is looking out for each other and having fun in the process. And, like, they show... the Like, there are times where fans have gotten kicked out he will literally like stop whatever he's doing he could be in the middle of you know a song or whatever he will stop he will go backstage and he will get them back into the crowd and whether that's through like security just like letting them back in like through the you know front gates of the front area of the show or letting them stage dive back into the crowd like he just gets them back in and i think one of the some of the best moments are like him just like getting fans up on stage having fun with him and then letting them stage dive or when and combined with that like sometimes giving like hats or whatever that he's wearing and probably one of the best moments is I don't... Again, I don't know the full context of the clip, but they show a clip where he gives one of his fans towards, like, the front row this, like, the shoes that he's wearing, which were, like, his own uh, uh, Air Jordan collabs. Like, he literally just takes his shoes off, gives them to this fan, and then he proceeds to perform the rest of the show in his socks. Like come on like i listen i don't know where that fan is now but you know for a fact he is keeping them shoes you know as as good as they as good as they were since the day travis scott gave them to him and like that you have to respect that like and you also have to respect like travis scott like not taking shit from like security about like Letting his fans just have fun. Because like he. He will literally like also like curse out security. Which I know it's like. Security's there to make sure no one gets hurt. But at a Travis Scott concert. Pretty much the entire audience. Are the ones to make sure that no one gets hurt. And that everyone is okay. And just having fun. Like he. Like he'll literally be like you know. Don't tell my fans to not turn up at a fucking Travis Scott concert. Like. Don't be trying to tell my fans what to do. They're having fun. And it's... Honestly, it's it's dope. And I have to give... I Like, I really do give a lot of respect for him. And, like, the way he handles, like... Controversy... When it comes to, like... Stuff that happens at his shows. He, you know, any, like, major live performances that he gets, you know, signed up for. Like, probably the biggest example is the Super Bowl when he performed um I think it was I'm guessing it was the 2019 Super Bowl but um a lot of people like did get pissed off about that because it was like announced that he'd like for like I guess people just thought it was weird the combination of artists because it was him and Maroon 5 But then I think the biggest reason that mainly, like, the internet was upset about it was because there was this whole campaign with that Super Bowl to get um, Spongebob's Sweet Victory song played during the halftime show. And they did... They technically did do that. Like, the opening trumpets of Sweet Victory were played at the very beginning of the halftime show and then they they led into travis scott performing sicko mode which like it's that's not his fault because like i even saw when like after the super bowl i saw a lot of people complaining like oh travis scott ruined it like why do you have to come in why couldn't they just let sweet victory play like that's not his choice that's that's the super bowl's choice that's you know the people who like get all these things put together like get all the acts put together and whatever else they add into it that's their that's their fault for you know not letting it play out but it's like who's like did, well, I don't get why people wanted sweet victory so bad like I don't I don't get where that came from it I, it might have been because of the death of Steven Hillenburg the creator of Spongebob which I don't completely forget when that happened but if it was before that performance then that's probably the reason but it's like come on it's not like it's not that big a deal if anything i would have preferred that the show just opened with travis scott like with no sweet victory before his performance because it's it's a weird juxtaposition when you watch it because The trumpets really don't bleed into the beat of Sicko Mode all that well. And maybe that's just a personal thing, but... I just would have preferred if the show opened up, like, kind of, you know, slowly and, you know, the the music kind of builds up to Sicko Mode. Instead of, you know, starting with a Spongebob song that bleeds into it and, you know, kind of opens it. Because it, it was kind of used... Sweet Victory was kind of used to replace... Um, Drake's opening verse of Sicko Mode. Because it went straight from... The opening of Sweet Victory right into... Travis's first verse on Sicko Mode. So... Personally for me it just really didn't fit. And then um... This... I, I don't even really consider this... Like... His con, one of his controversies. It's more or less just a controversy on on the end of the music industry when, uh, World lost Best Rap Album to Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy at the Grammys. Because, especially now after having heard the whole album, it do- it really doesn't it doesn't make sense why Cardi B won because. Astroworld like it's so like it's so good it it 100% deserved to win and while a lot of people would say like oh like wouldn't isn't a nomination just enough but it's like it truly deserved that win especially seeing through that documentary just how much hard work was put into the album you know it just it sucks that and it's like cardi b's music is really not that good Like can we just be honest with us with with each other like it's not it's not good it's not like it's not music that like you would just listen to to like enjoy like travis scott's music you could put on in the background of anything or while you're doing it, just about anything and you could still like be, like, bobbing your head to it while you're doing whatever you're doing. Cardi B is, like... Like, I I don't understand why anyone would just listen to her casually anyway. Like... I, like, I'm... I think a lot of people, and I think, like, it it pretty much is true. Because, first of all, when it comes to the Grammys, like, votes submitted by, you know, like... Fans don't actually count. Like, multiple people have confirmed this now, but fan votes don't count. They already have the winners pre selected before the show, like, even airs. Like, way before. Like, they could have the. They could have, like, once all the albums are out and everything for each category. And once they've all been submitted to like be a Grammy nominated album for or song or whatever, they already have the winners picked out once they, you know, have all the submissions and all the nominations. So to me that just indicates that Cardi B only won because she she's a she's a woman. Like because think about it. If Cardi B didn't win, because I I checked the list, like I checked who was nominated for Best Rap Album that year, she was the only female nominated for Best Rap Album. So, if she didn't win, you would have had a lot of people calling the Grammys sexist, even though so many uh, so many female artists have won Grammys, so I don't get why... I guess it's just because it would have been like people would have been like, oh, well, she's a female rapper and she didn't win. That's kind of sexist. It's like, it's really not. Especially when it's not about gender, it's about whose album was actually better. And like, it was obvious, like, it was obviously Travis Scott. Like, there's no doubt. Can't really deny that i don't i'd like uh, actually i'm gonna try pull up let me use google twenty eighteen Grammy best rap album nominations the first two are victory lap and invasion of privacy I have five answers in total all right whatever but um so the the Grammy nominees for best rap album for 2018 were Victory Lap by Nipsey Hussle Invasion of Privacy by Cardi B Swimming by Mac Miller World by Travis Scott and Daytona by Pusha T let's be honest Victory Lap Swimming or World should have won that nomination any of those three albums because World is just an amazing rap album Mac Miller he's a very versatile and amazing artist who like you know I, f- I forget when he passed away but I'm pretty sure it was before the Grammys so that like if anything outside of World, Mac Miller should have deserved that win because like his his work is just like so amazing like I haven't I'll be honest I haven't listened to that much Mac Miller but just from the stuff that I have heard from him it's some of the best rap music to come out of like recent years so and then like Nipsey Hussle I mean again just another amazing artist Pusha T is like you know whatever it's like so and so but i really think World swimming or victory lap should have won over invasion of privacy is it like is it really that like there's really nothing to argue with that and i'm sure like a majority of like the rap community would agree with me on this that like cardi b did not deserve that win and really the only people that i like 100% think wouldn't agree are like you know twitter and instagram stands which you guys already know my feelings on stan accounts but like that you re- like to be honest let's like, I'm sure the public opinion definitely has a sway on the industry about w- regarding who would win. But still, it's an executive decision made months in advance. So, and like, I personally, I just don't think, like, this is how I view it. I don't think Cardi B really puts all that much into her music. Like, it's very basic music. And also, she's, like, said before... That she doesn't give a fuck about her fans. She just cares about the money. (laughs) Like, I don't I really don't get how, like, people could still, like, put their full support behind her when she's admitted that she really doesn't give a fuck about her fans, like you know enjoying her music even though without her fans she would be an absolute nobody and it's like there's so many other female rappers out there that are so much better than Cardi B. I, I don't know any I'll be honest I don't know any female rappers that put out albums in 2018 besides Cardi B but if there is one that album probably deserved the nomination more than Cardi B like no matter who it was Definitely, like I feel like anything in comparison to Cardi B is a step up. It's a that that's as simple as I can put that, because it's just like it's not an argue with that. But so next to those two things, you know, Travis's relationship with his fans and his you know controversies with show. oh i forgot to mention one of the biggest controversies is the time he got arrested after like after a show i forget when it happened but i think it might have been 2017 but like one of his shows like apparently like caused such a disturbance that he got the like someone called the cops on him and he got arrested like And they show in the documentary, it's, like, one of the first things they show. They, like, his team tries to, like, escort him, like, as far away from the venue as possible before the police get there, but, like, they just barely are able to, like, get to cars and, like, get to their cars and shit before the police show up. And then when the police do show up, they arrest Travis Scott, which is kind of bullshit because, like, how the fuck... Are you gonna call the police like on a pre-planned music venue? Like, I don't get how that's how does that work? Like, if I like, do they just not like let people know in the area of wherever a show might be that there's going to be a live performance there? So there's probably gonna be a lot of noise because if they don't, they probably should, so that we could start a we could avoid things like this. But I'm just saying, like, once concerts are, like, fully, like, going again, like, once musicians can start touring again, like, and Travis Scott announces, a you know, tour show like, shows, I'm going to one. Because by then, like, I'll most likely be in college in Chicago, so I'll just be able to, like, go on my own. Or if, you know, I make friends while I'm there, I'll be able to go with them if they like Travis Scott. But I think one of the, another one of the major things that Travis Scott, that the documentary highlighted was Travis's relationship with uh, Kylie Jenner and their daughter Stormy, Because it shows like, you know, them, it shows them in the doctor's office finding out that Kylie was pregnant and that they were going to have a girl and then they showed footage of Travis like during the delivery, and you know they show a clip of him in in the car on the phone talking to somebody and he he was talking about how you know the doctor when the doctor was holding the baby, the baby wouldn't stop crying when um Kylie jenner's mom Chris tried to hold the baby still wouldn't stop crying and then but then when Travis walked over to the baby she stopped crying and then when they gave her to Kylie she stopped crying which you I mean you could tell by like Travis's voice and by just the smile on his face how like happy that made him because like outside of like just becoming a father like already knowing that like just by being around your kid, you can like keep them calm and make them feel safe like that's an amazing feeling um and it did it also did show um Stormy's first birthday party that they threw for her, which happened. like not like a few months after World's release and for like for her first birthday they they got they rented out like a a huge venue like a huge like building uh like a um a huge space and I guess kind of also theming her birthday party around World. Walking into the building. They had a giant inflatable head of Stormy. Like in the same vein of the inflatable head of Travis. On the cover of Astroworld. Which I thought was... I thought that was both funny and cute. Because it's like... It's kind of ridiculous seeing like... You know... Someone else's... Face kind of made into that same inflatable other than Travis's face and then also it's just cute because you know at some point when Stormy's older like she's gonna listen to all of Travis's music and you know she's gonna underst- she while well, she's not gonna remember her first birthday when she looks back on like videos and maybe even you know when she watches that documentary at some point She'll, you know, understand just how fun um, Travis and Kylie, like, made her, you know, first birthday by doing stuff like that. And, I mean, every pretty much everyone was there at her birthday. It was mainly, you know, everyone, it was mainly, like, a lot of the Kardashian-Jenner family, like, they even... Made a point to show a clip of um Kanye and Kim showing up and just uh it was it was just like a short clip of Travis and Kanye talking, but it was nice you know Kanye giving him congratulations for you know the Grammy stuff and number one album and stormy's birth and her first birthday, so it was just nice to see and It really was sweet. Like, I know everything going on with Kanye West when it comes to, like, what the media talks about him. It's not always, like, the nicest stuff, but it's nice to see those little moments that he's, like, you know, just a genuinely nice dude. Yeah, I also... You know, I also want to talk about just how passionate Travis Scott fans are I have never seen like I I really in all the in all the like fandoms that I've witnessed for different artists I have never seen a fan base more dedicated and devoted to the artists that they look up to than Travis Scott's fan base because let me tell you they really just like they really admire Travis on a personal level not just like an artist level like they they show a clip of Travis just literally going up and you know talking to and taking pictures with a few fans just on the street at nighttime like not like not even like you know in the midst of like him going to a performance or anything just late at night. I'm, I'm assuming it was in um, his hometown of Houston, Texas. Because I, I doubt in L.A. he could get away with just, like, walking around and talking to fans without being swarmed by, like, paparazzi in, like, L.A. or even New York, for that matter. And it, it's just... it's really nice to see. And then, like, the the Astro World show that he put on or the Astro World festival that he put on um like right down the street from where the 6 Flags Astro World theme park used to be when he was a kid like bro his fans were fucking breaking down the fences and the barriers that were blocking them from getting in early like they literally tore the fences down and then just fucking sprinted past security to just get ready for the show like it was nuts and like honestly like bro I want to like I want to do shit like that you know like that like that just genuinely seems like a whole lot of fun and like I feel like that shows so much about his fans like they're so eager to just like go and enjoy his shows that they will fucking bro they'll break down entire fences and barriers just to possibly even get the chance of just bumping into him before the show like that's that's great honestly like i like i just i admire that so much and like even just like um even just like small moments like everyone like being ready to like you know catch fans when they're stage diving or like helping each other out if certain fans like don't look well or they might get hurt or whatever it's just, it's nice to see and you know the the there's one small thing that I have never quite understood about you know Travis Scott shows or just any shows of artists who like really like to like turn up and have fun how the fuck in like you know when you're jumping around just going nuts like how the fuck are you able to hold on to your phone and anything else you might have on you (laughs) like listen right now I'm in a pair of sweatpants that I wear like very often and this particular pair of sweatpants has a back pocket like a back zip-up pocket and a side pocket like kind of like on my leg so like if I ever go to a Travis Scott show I mean I know that's something that like you just kind of have I know that's something that like I would for sure want to record or you know and get photos of but listen I'll maybe pull my phone out for a few songs But other than that, my phone is going in my back pocket and staying there because I don't know, like, just personally, I, like, the instinct to just, like, if I have something in my hand and I'm, like, having fun, jumping around, doing whatever, my instinct would be to just, like, let go of anything that I'm holding on to and just, you know, go nuts. So I would definitely end up either dropping, just dropping my phone, and it would end up getting like stepped on or lost on the ground, or it would like fling out of my hand, fly over a shit ton of people, and then probably hit someone in the head or something, and I just, I'm good, I'm not, I'm not gonna let that happen, I'll just, I'll settle with keeping it in my pocket and just enjoying the show because that's a that like that's something personally that I always tend to do or it's something that I did a lot in the past was I would never really pull my phone out when I went to concerts like I went to I went to a Green Day concert back in I think it was 2017 and even though like in a show like that Like, I was in, like, a seated... Like, I was in an area with seats because of the venue that they were playing at. It was an outdoor venue, but there was a little area kind of, like, covered by a majority of, like, the venue's roof that had seats. And I was in that area. But, like, even then, like, just in case, like, I didn't pull my phone out to record anything. I just kept it in my pocket the whole time and just, you know, had my fun. But But recently i have started like pulling my phone out during and recording and taking pictures during shows and the the last two shows that i went to are the two shows that i did at i when i went to the logic concert in october and when i went to the 1975 concert in november which by the way that was like that was like really fun to do like having Two concerts to go to you know back to back months like it was it was they were spread out by a few you know maybe two 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 and a half weeks but it was still fun getting to like go to that Logic concert have fun and then like not that long after get to go to a 1975 concert and I'll be honest i almost didn't go to the logic concert and here's why because i know you know to anyone that knows me that's like zach why would you not go to a logic concert like he's one of your favorite artists and i know but the reason i almost didn't go is because around october i got like super just like kind of depressed and like upset because I had like you know so here here's what happened and you know this is this is kind of like I've kind of fully like ended the whole like Travis Scott topic just you know because that was just in my head ever since like I like earlier this night like I just kind of had the idea to recording major- for a majority of it talk about Travis Scott but now I'm gonna move on to some other stuff but it won't be too much because this I've already been recording for a little over 45 minutes but um so October of last year I was just I was like really depressed and the reason for that was because I like starting junior year of high school I, like, I got feelings for a girl that I had known for, like, a while. And that, um, I had had feelings for her before back in, like, middle school. It was either middle school or freshman year of high school. And it didn't work out then. And I don't, I don't know why I thought it would be any different. But, like, I, you know, I, like... I went to homecoming with her, and, like, I hung out with her a lot during this period, and, like, I, I told her how I felt, and, like, we did a lot, like, we did a lot of, we did a lot of shit, like, um, you know, like, uh, I was, like, going to hang out with her a lot. She came over my house one time to hang out because we were going to, um, this, like, haunted attraction thing, um, that night, but, um, like, I, to me, it just felt like I had, like, a chance, so, like, you know, I asked her to homecoming, and, like, the fucking, the, um, I made a, I made, like, a poster to, like, ask her, and, She's really into Stranger Things. So I made the poster Stranger Things themed. Because I was just like. I mean maybe this will work a bit better. But um. We went to. We went to Homecoming. And like. Even like going. Like even at Homecoming. Like I would just like. I felt like that it wasn't going to work out. And I would, like. I spent most of it just sitting out. Like, I really wasn't doing much. Like, I danced for a little bit and just, like, had my fun. And then for the rest of it, I was on the sidelines just doing absolutely nothing. Except talking to a few friends. And then, like, when I told her how I felt and, like, when she said, like, she... Because she, like, she... I I have to be honest. She did, like, specify that, like, us hanging out wasn't, like, dates or anything. It was just, like, you know, hanging out as friends. But I just didn't get that at the time. Like, I thought it was, like... When we went to that haunted, like, attraction thing, like, that I saw that as a date. But, um... A bunch, like, you know... A bunch of shit happened. We got into a pretty heated argument, like, that lasted, like, a few, like, a few weeks, to be honest. And then, and it was, like, it was, like, late September, early October when this happened, so, like, shit, when the time came around for, like, it was, it was getting, like, very close to the Logic concert, like, I remember it was maybe, like, two weeks away, I, like, Cause I, I I went to the I went to that concert with my stepdad, but um, I I I remember one day going up to my grandmom and being like, "Do you think, do you think my stepdad would be upset if I like?" Because I don't want to go to the Logic concert anymore, and like I even like, I even like asked my sister to see if like she would go with him, so like the tickets didn't go to waste. But then I was like, you know what? Like, at, like, this was probably, like, a few days before the concert happened. I was hanging out with friends, and I think I mentioned to them that I didn't want to go because of, you know, how shitty I was feeling about everything. And they were just like, dude, just, like, you know, fuck it. Go, have your fun, do your thing. You know, don't let... Don't let any of this get to you. It's fine. It's all done and over with. Just go have your fun. And I was like, alright. You, you you know, they, and they totally were right because I had a lot of fun during that show. And what I didn't know until um, just recently, actually, because I was going through my camera roll and I was going through the videos that I saved or that I took from that show... It turns out I had heard one of the songs off of No Pressure during that show. Like before any of No Pressure was like, un- like really fully announced. And the song that I heard was Perfect. Which for a lot of people is like one of their favorites off of the album. It's definitely one of my favorites and like I I remember like I remember it wasn't even that long ago it was like maybe one one or two weeks ago when I was going through and I pulled up a video because I remember he played two unreleased songs one of which is still unreleased but I remember I clicked on one of the videos and I turned the sound on And as soon as I heard the beat start up. I knew exactly what it was. I knew exactly that it was perfect. And. Oh my god it was. Bro. Had I known. Like I I remember like really enjoying it. When it it was played. But man. Had I known that that was going to end up being one of. My favorite songs. From Logic. That would have been amazing. But like that like that whole show was like so much fun like logic really did like i like i genuinely am happy i did get this i did get to see him at least once before you know his retirement because even like even just getting to see him once live was enough to like really make me happy and really just let me you know, let loose and have a good time at a show because the concerts I had gone to before it was like yeah it was they were fun to go to but they they were never concerts where I just got to like let loose for the night and just have just have all my fun that I had built up inside of me and just like let it all loose so and then you know a few weeks later I got to go to. The nineteen seventy five concert, which that was a, a nut like that has got to be my favorite live show that I've ever gone to, and it has everything to do with not only Matty Healy's energy and the love that he sh- that he showed the entire audience, but also the visuals like. I'm telling you, if, if you are even just a casual fan of the 1975, you have to at least go to one of their shows, because I promise you, seeing some of their songs performed live with the visuals that they use for those songs, it will make you absolutely love them. Like, I truly mean that. It is, they're definitely like, they definitely are some of the best live performers I've ever seen. And and then also like at that show I got to see them perform um one of their one of their one of the singles for notes on a conditional form live they played they played frail state of mind live for the first time ever that was the first show where they had ever played it live like there was literally a show the night there was a show at the same venue the night before that I went But at the show that I went to, they played Frail State of Mind for the first time live. And I I do have that on video, and it honestly, it really meant so much because that is one of my favorite songs by the 1975. So seeing it live just made me so happy that night. Like it, it really just made my entire night just getting to see that one song performed live. And what I love about their show was that, like, they just got everyone going like right off the bat. Like, the first thing that happened was um they played "People," they their single "People" from "Notes on a Conditional Form," and if you've listened to that song and you know that song. It's just full on like hardcore rock, like super guitar and drum driven. Matty Healy screaming his lungs out. So just with that one song, like from then on, my energy was all the way up for the rest of the for the rest of that night, and it was so much fun. Like when I when I tell you I've never like I truly have never seen at like at that point like being in a crowd I had never seen so many people just so energetic and so frenetic ever before like it really was amazing and then like seeing like seeing them perform some of their like biggest uh, songs live like somebody else live. That, it's so so good and actually during both the logic concert and the 1975 concert i i cried during both shows at the logic show i cried when he did um one because that song is like definitely like that Just because of the shit that I've, you know, been through and how I felt in a lot of times during my life, especially recently, like, that song really has helped me so much. So, like, I I really just, like, I really just let it all out during that song. And then, during the 1975, I cried when they performed I Always Want to Die Sometimes live because that song like really that song like truly sums up how I have felt for a lot of like my teenage years like just just feeling like everything that you know I've gone through like my highs my lows everything they all happen like it like it never always felt like it happened to me it always kind of felt like it happened around me so that's like that song really just hit me like very personally so like again it just I just let it all out and I just cried during that song and like there are a lot of 1975 songs that get me emotional and like they're all in different ways but And, like, I I really can't wait for them to tour again because there are a lot of songs off of Notes on a Conditional Form that I want to see them perform live. And I think the number one song that I want to see them perform live from Notes is What Should I Say? Because that... I feel like that song performed live will just carry... A certain energy that I don't think I could ever feel. With any other song. Like ever. Performed live. Like there is something about that song. That every time I hear it. I just like. I almost go through like every emotion. When I listen to that song. Like I really do. Because. Like that song. In my opinion like. Like I know a trend has been going around like a lot recently like people talking about what songs make you feel like the main character of you know your life but that song has to be the one that really makes me feel like I am the main character like it really just it like it's not even about just like like I keep like there's nothing in it like the lyrics are very simple so there's nothing really that I can like relate to my life other than maybe just like the title itself like what should I say like the amount of times I've had to ask myself that question throughout my life I think that's the reason I connect with the song so much is just because the title invokes so many different memories of like, you know, what should I say, you know, to someone who I want to be friends with? What should I say to a girl I like? What should I say, you know, during this very heated argument that I'm in to, like, either defend myself or just try to get the argument to end? Like, it all just very much, like, just that title alone brings up a lot for me so i really want to see it performed live and i'm telling you (laughs) the day i go to a 1975 concert and that song starts i guarantee you i will flip my shit i will be the i will be the person in the crowd going the most crazy when that song plays I can promise you that. Like, I don't care, like, where I'm at in the crowd. I will be losing my shit. I will be dancing like nobody is, like, within three miles of me. I promise you that. And let me tell you, after both those shows, those two shows strained my voice the most like out of the out of the concerts that I've been to in my life those two are the ones where my vocal cords were pretty much shot to shit from then until like so much later and I feel like to be honest I feel like the Logic concert more than the 1975 strained my voice because Not only with the Logic concert was I, you know, just, you know, singing loudly, but I was also, like, keep, I was also trying to keep up with Logic as he was rapping. So, imagine, like, trying to rap really fast while also shouting really loud at the same time. You could imagine what that does to your voice. So, it was definitely... But, like, they were both definitely worthwhile experiences that I am going to be grateful for. Because Logic has said that he wants to do, like, he still wants to do shows. But, like, because he said he's going to tour for No Pressure. But then after that, he's going, he's just going to do, like, very small venue shows. Like he used to, like, before he got, like, super big. And... I'm 100% going to go to a show for No Pressure. Like I I have to like cuz I already know I'm like if when he does perfect live, I already know the energy for that is going to be amazing and I'm going to have so much fun with it. And then, you know. I I really honestly hope he it closes out that show. He closes out his no pressure show with obediently yours because while it isn't a song necessarily, it's a speech by Orson Welles over, you know, a beat that I think he Logic produced himself. But I very much feel like that could be a chance for like for him to give like a closing monologue to his audience and it would just be really sweet like that honestly that would that would probably get me to cry like it would probably get me to cry as much as i did when i like during his um his no pressure like release live stream that he did on twitch and like when the live stream was coming to a close like him thanking everyone and you know, just showing his appreciation to everyone. Like him crying during that made me cry. So I'm like I I know if he if he does a closing monologue while obediently yours is playing in the background at the end of that show, I know I'm gonna be crying during that. Because whew, that's gonna that's a hundred percent gonna hit me really, really hard. Because it's like I discovered Logic... Only... During 2017... Like I had known about him... But that's when I really started listening to his music... And to like just... To see him go so soon afterwards... It like really... It... It really hurt... Because I was like... So it... It was mainly just because I was so shocked by it... Like... I know it wasn't even that long ago but like I remember when he when he came back to social media and he deleted all of his posts off of Instagram and Twitter and the first thing he posted was him announcing no pressure and announcing his retirement I was like in complete shock like I I don't i don't even remember like being able to have words for for you know when i read it i could like all i could remember was just like reading it putting my phone down and just have just sitting there in silence just like what just like what the huh you know like it was it was interesting and it was it was it really was heartbreaking to like see that he was going to be retiring but to be honest it's not it's not all that bad because like while he's like done officially putting out like albums and stuff he's still interacting with fans you know with his twitch live streams so it's it's just nice to know that like he's still around like he's not just completely gone from any sort of you know public view but um but I think uh, I think that's gonna wrap up the show for for uh, this episode. So um, if you wanna follow me on Instagram, my username is at music by Zach. If you wanna follow me on Twitter, my username is at songs by Zach. And if you wanna follow me on TikTok, my username is music by Zach. Thank you, everyone, for listening.